Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Our number two begins now and uh, coming up about 830. We'll talk a little LSU football with Brody Miller of The Athletic. They're dealing with all kind of stuff right now, uh, not just some struggles within the program in, in terms of on the field, but uh, COVID and, and shuffling things. So we're going to get the latest from Brody Miller uh, at the bottom of the hour, but kicking off the hour with us, as promised, the G-Man, Gerald Broussard, Rage Cajun color analyst, former coach, former player for uh, what was then USL, now Louisiana's Rage and Cajuns. Good morning, G. How are you? No, doing good. Doing good. Actually, spent the, the USL and the UL stuff. Graduated from both. So in 1984, in May of 84, I've got two diplomas on my wall. One says University of Southwestern Louisiana, and the other one says University of Louisiana. No at nothing. No, at nothing. It's just two degrees from one place with two different names. And I don't know that there's too many people that can actually say that they have two degrees from the same university, but with two different names on it. Nah, but it makes me, well, I was going to say it makes me look good. I frame them, dude. It don't matter. I frame them. So I'll take it. <laughs> hey, I've got one degree somehow with honors from a really good school. I still have no idea how I did it. It feels like a lifetime ago. And I don't have many things framed in my house that isn't a picture of my kid, but believe me, dude, that thing is framed. It ain't going anywhere. There you go. There ESPN you go. 1420. Well, I talked to two Rage Occasions last hour uh, in between some Pelicans talk with Will Gilry. Talked to, uh, to Chris Smith and Eric Guerrero. What are your thoughts on those two guys? You know, Eric, I- I've talked to Eric before. I hadn't talked to Chris one-on-one until this morning, but... Um, you know, Eric admitted, like, I'm like, like, I wasn't going to ask him the question about, man, people overlook you because you're short. Because he hears that all the time. Like, I wasn't. But he brought it up. So then, of course, I segued and I said, well, look, Eric, as a member of the short community myself, um, does it get old constantly being talked about it? Because what's interesting, he's listed at 5'9". He's probably maybe an inch shorter. But Chris Smith is 5'9", too, and no one looks at Chris and says, man, he's kind of short, you know, and, and part of it's the way he's built. Eric just looks shorter on the field, and yet if he was taller, he probably gets an offer at a, at a high school to, to, to South Alabama. He has a ton of friends there. He might have stayed home. He, he only really got an offer from the Cajuns, and he's played consistently. He played in all but one game his freshman year, started every game last year, started every game this year, three picks in two games. I mean, I know the short thing gets brought up a lot, but I, I feel like that's part of what drives a man. It's like you, you go ahead and throw that up there. If you think he can't outjump somebody, or if you don't think he has the will to go up and get it, he's going to get you. I mean, he has been a huge part of that defense, not just this season, G, but I mean, you follow this program closely. Eric Guerrero, dare I say, maybe – undervalued at times in terms of his impact. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people would look at it that way, Scott, except the people up at the top of that tunnel. They understand what he brings. And you, you bring a guy like that in there, and I, you remember old Pooh, Orkiz Rini, oh, yeah. you know, who played for us back in the day. Very similar in my eyes. I see them as very similar type player. Play with an attitude, play with an air of confidence, play with that – uh, you know, that little man's disease, as people would say, but it's all because they've been overlooked their whole life. They always wanted to play with the big kids, knew that they could, but maybe didn't get the opportunity because they were a little bit smaller. The reason I think Eric looks is, is uh, you know, vertically challenged is because of the guys he's standing next to that he's got to cover. 
you know, when when you sit and see out there at the corner and you see a six two, six three, six four receiver out there, and then you see that DB out on there on an island against him. I mean, he just got it. If he doesn't have the hips and the feet and athleticism that he has, he, I mean, he's going to get exposed right now. He wouldn't play. I mean, he he's going to get exposed just because he is at a disadvantage in height alone. But his confidence and his athleticism, which he, he, his confidence comes from his athleticism, give him a chance to be successful. And look, he'll play with that chip all he want to put on. And then that's just, you know, he, he needs that. I think, you know, you mentioned Chris not looking that same height, but it's because he's standing next to Levi. You know, that's so if true. you're in the back standing next to Levi, well, then, you know, back, you, don't, you don't look that short, you know, because Levi's not real tall either. But, that, and look, at being, being 5'9 and running back, that's not a big deal. Especially when you weigh about a buck ninety five. Good now, you better be really, really good because you're going to get challenged, and he does. He, he, he. The impact that those two guys make in special teams. I mean, the Iowa State game, you win by seventeen, but you each take one back. They are some of the better players in the Sun Belt Conference as a punt and kick returner. Yeah, and and you know the thing that they do have, and and because we we're talking about things that that they don't have, but what they both have, they've got speed. They've got an ability to hit it and hit it full speed and hit it knowing that there's an end in sight and the end is the end zone. You know, a lot of people, when they catch or field a punt or a kick or stuff, their their intention is to get a good return. Those two guys' intention is to score. And, that, and that's a big difference, you know, because they, they, they've, they've tasted the success of scoring. And, and you know, they, they have that little bit of a flavor. You know, you talk about it all the time when when you have dogs that, that all of a sudden will go and kill an animal and they say they taste blood, you know, and then now they're, they're tough to be around. Well, same thing with those kind of guys is that once they've tasted that end zone, they want it and, and they strive for it and they understand it. So, but that, that that's an art, too. I mean, there's a knack for knowing. You can't just go run up in there full speed. You have to be able to do it with understanding when the burst needs to occur, and both of them have that ability in different levels now because, let me tell you, punt returns totally different than kickoff return. And for the Cajuns to have a real good one at both, and it, well, we've we seen what it does. I mean, when you game in Iowa State. When you have, and then would you factor in as many close games as you've won this year? And I know that you also lost one game, and it was a close game. But when you factor in just how close some of these games are, the amount of hidden yardage on special teams um, to have those yeah, two guys, it, it's, it's, big. It's, it's vital. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Yeah, yeah. that's that's just big. It sets you up, and and look, it keeps you in the games. I mean, it's it's happened twice. It's kept the Cajuns in the games to give them a chance to go get the win. Good stuff. Joe Broussard, our guest, ESPN 1420. Uh, you know, Chris talking about he and Elijah loving hunting, fishing, you know, being a close group. Um, and then Trey Regas, of course, you know, the New Orleans guy, but they take him skeet shooting and he gets into it. And, uh, and you know, you throw T.J. Wisham in there. Um, looking at in the past, whether it be, you know, Ray McCauley, of course, or Ashton Johnson. I mean, Smith just said, you know, we're such good friends, like all the running backs, like really close. You hang out all the time off the field. And, uh, you know, every one of those guys to a man, Raymond did the same thing. And you hear it with Regis and Mitchell and, and Smith. They all say, look, it's not – we never have viewed it as competition with one another, like ever. And it, sometimes that's lip service because you want to play. He's like, but we just – to a man, they like they're adamant. They're like we always just view it as as competing against the other team, always. And I really feel like, you know, and again, the job that 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 running backs coach Jabbar Jaluk has done is has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, what a terrific coach. But I, I just, 
you've coached and you've been in locker rooms, Gerald, and you do hear it. Look, does everyone have to be best friends to, for a team to be successful? No. But you hear that a lot, and you hear that a lot when you're talking about professional athletes. For, I, I really feel like for a college team to, to reach the level of play and success they want to reach, at the very least, your position groups, they better be pretty close. They better be tight-knit, and if they are, you're going to just get, I think, the best product on the field. And maybe one guy doesn't get it more than another guy one week and then the next. But, but the value of – you hear a lot about locker room culture and, and making each other better. The value of those guys, those three guys, and, you know, with respect to Imani Bailey and T.J. Wisham, and, and, and I know Wisham's currently hurt and he'll be back later, you know, it's, it's, it's Regis – it's Mitchell and it's Smith in terms of who's going to get a lot of carries on game and a lot of touches for those three guys to be as close as they are. And Raymond Kale, before he went to the NFL, got drafted and playing on Sundays right now to also have that mindset. Like how try to put into words that we'll understand G as the guy that coached and played the difference that that makes on the field. When you've got guys at the same position, all very talented that are so close in real life as and not just on the field but off it as opposed to guys that okay they're they're fine like they they don't really hang out much they compete it's it's their teammates that's that's good they don't hate each other but how big of a difference can that make no it's massive it's massive because look it all starts at the house if you if if, if you're pulling for each other as opposed to you know, I played with a guy one time when I was playing in there, and it was rotation at one of the positions up front. And, and he would tell the other coach, oh, so-and-so's messing up. And the coach would get him out, and they'd rotate, and he'd come out. The other guy would come out, and he'd say, well, why am I coming out? Well, you had a bus. I didn't have a bus. Well, get back in. You know, and it's just a competition of people wanting to play, especially a position where, you know, you got guys that are local guys that have families that are there watching, and they think that they should get the ball every play. I mean, that's just it. I mean, they want to see mom and daddy wants to come, want to see him play every play, and they, they hear their names and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, you mentioned Coach DeLuke. I mean, you yeah. I, I praise him every week, and I'll continue to do so because what he's been able to do in that room, in a room in a lot of places that's filled with selfish people, it's not selfish. These guys are their brothers, and they mean that. And I say that uh, with the right – I mean, just meaning it is that they, they pull for each other. They count on each other. They know, hey, this week might be my week. Next week it will be yours, and I'm fine with that. And as long as they are and you're not fighting within yourself, then you can go compete against the other people, and then it just makes all the big difference. It just takes all that extra effort, that energy, that wasted energy away, and then and you just makes for so much better of a situation to be in. Scott, you know how it is when you come to work and you like people you work with, and there's people you want to be and you want to see succeed and all that stuff, and you have a common goal and 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 you, and you celebrate with your friends. Man, it just it, it it makes your day so much better. There's just you know it makes going home better. It makes talking about your team better. And then look, it, the Cajuns talk about culture, and I keep mentioning confidence in that term and culture. But they they definitely built a feeling of unity and everybody getting to play. And it's not how much you play; it's that everybody gets to play. And and I think that's something Coach Napier and his staff have done since they've been there across the board at all the different positions. If you practice good, you're gonna play. And they have things set up for those guys to be able to do that. And, and you know, when you talk about it, it's different. It's the diversity and, and the, 
the the everybody's different backgrounds that make it fun to be around. I mean, that's the thing when we get together, we being my guys that I used to play with, that we start talking about different people, you know, start kind of laughing about who was different and why they were different. It's all because of experience, some shared, some not shared. And, and, you know, it, it, it makes for <laughs> Scott, we're in a, all we're doing is trying to make for good stories you know, that's my whole life is, is to be able to be in a situation where I can tell good stories down the line. And and, and stories come with experiences. And, and when you're able to be in that room and sit there and talk about it, and you know that those guys are going to get together in a few years and go back and talk about it. And you know what they're doing right now. They sit there on Sundays and they watch Raymond play and they say, oh, but for an, another year or two, I'll be like that too. And, and, and Raymond is watching them. And, you know, it's just, it's a neat situation that makes for, a good situation, which gives you a chance to succeed. And look, these guys don't win the game the way the way they're winning the close games the way they're winning unless they're pulling hard for each other and have a confidence in there and an expectation of winning. And that look that comes with with winning, I know, but it's a learned behavior, and it's it starts in that room. And I'm telling you, it it, it starts with Jabar Jalou. It's and it starts in recruiting. You know, when they're recruiting those guys, tell them, this is what we have. Look, it's going to happen next year with Amani Bailey because that kid can play now. But they're going to go sign somebody else that can play. And they're going to say, hey, we've been talking about Chris Smith, huh, for a couple of years. <laughs> we we want to see him get the ball and all that kind of stuff. But you never hear Chris Smith complain. You, you just never hear any of them. And that, that's very unique, very, very unique at a skilled position in a skilled room. I And, you know, on a on – a, Note that I guess is neither here nor there. I, I could listen. Uh, Chris, Chris's Mississippi accent. I could listen to it all day. I don't know, man. I just love hearing him talk. I just love it. It's awesome. Um, it, uh, it, it here's here's something a, a different topic. I gotta. I I had it on my list. I was like, I gotta ask G this because I thought about it a minute ago when you referenced Coach Napier and just the intense focus on practice. Right in the the day to day routine of you have to you have to work hard there, not just to get playing time, but he feels like it'll carry over everywhere. Now, you and I, we used to talk about some players that played um, during the, the the Mark Hudspeth era that and and perhaps when you like when you played and when you coached that maybe weren't the best practice players, right? Maybe just, what are, the, what are they doing? But on game day, boy, the lights would come on and bam, it was different. And, you know, on the flip side, there were some guys that might practice well, but, you know, game, whether it be they got tight or it was just different, it never fully came through. Now, Coach Napier, I, I brought that up to him Monday when I talked to him. I was like, look, this is something that I hear fans say a lot. This is something that I've, I've heard over the years, and this is something that I've thought. For the record, I haven't really thought that about anyone on this current Cajuns team the last few years. But I, there's we could go through some players, G, that we've talked about that 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 comes to mind. He said, "I I think that's you know I don't I don't buy any of it." He says, and and I and I certainly I I believe him when he says it. I don't agree with him because I've seen it, but I believe him when he says it because it is literally all every so much of what he stands for and does in life is. You better be dedicated to that because it does come through. And the majority of the time, it's absolutely right. But there are a few exceptions, right, G? I mean, there, there are some mm -hmm. players in sports that maybe aren't the best practice player or a little off, but on game day, it's boom. Whoa, where did that come from? 
and vice versa. I mean, I'm not, I, I, with respect to, to, to Billy, I'm not off on that, am I? No, and, and, but it is an exception. And for the most part, if you don't practice well, you're probably not going to play well. And if for no other reason, you probably won't get put in the game. Right. Because you know, coaches, you earn coaches' trust and you earn your teammates' trust on the practice field. And, and so if you can't do it there, then it's a bit of a chore. And look, we've talked about this before. Pretty good kicker in the Cajun's past named Brett Bear. Well, Brett Bear didn't make a kick in the whole month of August in the indoor facility. Now, he made some bigger kicks coming through his career, but he, he, he struggled in practice from time to time. And he got to where he was better at it in practice, but for whatever reason, maybe as a mental thing or whatever, and maybe Brett, the bigger the situation, the more focused he was. and Because and, he, he went from not making a kick in practice to not missing one in a game. And I've never seen anything like it. Now, I promise you, because we talk about it, Tyler Albrecht was going to beat, beat Kansas State. You know, with the game-winning kick in there in Cajun Field, and Brett Bear was the backup because <laughs> Brett just couldn't make a kick in practice. And then when he got his opportunity in the game, then he didn't miss. And uh, you know, but but for the most part, at all the positions that you you have to work and work with each other. If you if you struggle practice-wise, it's going to be hard for the coach to trust you and your teammates to trust you to get it in the game. But that's what they do so good. Is it? And look, Scott, I'm talking about a lot of different people, whether it be in special teams or special situations, or or they got a play designed for somebody because hey, he did good this week, and we're going to reward him, and we're going to get him in the game and, and get him involved in the game when he gets in there and stuff and 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 i think that that makes just you know when i played coach of magnes tommy tate used to talk about it all the time he said the more people to play the better our practices will be because they just want to get out there on saturdays they don't, i mean they're not counting reps during the game they'll count them after but they're not counting reps during the game they just want you know their families there they want to play and so when you when you can have a good week of work and practice and feel like your work is rewarded with playing time well, it just means that next week's probably going to be a good week too. Yeah, and if you have good practice, then the chances are your games will be better. And, and you just you don't want to set a precedent or make something acceptable, you know. Uh, and then at the yeah. same time, you you know you want to win. But do you think short term or do you think long term? Right. And this this coaching staff and and Coach Napier in particular had a long term goal in mind. The second they got here, you know, it was very methodical. It was very calculated. It there, There's no – you never get the sense that they're rushing on something or trying to cheat the process, so to speak. And, and that's a credit to them. And, and you're seeing the results this year, though we haven't seen them play their best game yet, you know. Um, I would say not even, not even close to this point. You know, this team is capable of playing better. And while they're ranked 25th in the country, G – you know, they got a chance to go win the West Division this weekend. They're they're a heavy favorite against South Alabama, I think 15 and a half for what it's worth. They're two and five against the spread this year. But folks that don't bet don't really care. They care about that six wins. They care about that ranking. They care about getting a shot to win the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. So with that, heavy favorite at home, again, South Alabama coming into town. Uh, one o'clock kickoff this Saturday. You can hear Gerald along with Jay Walker, Cody Juno on the sideline. Uh, pregame begins at 11 right here on ESPN 1420 and across the Rage of Cajun Sports Network. What, just give me a key or two before we let you go. When you look at this matchup, you know, you felt like last time I talked, they would crush Texas State and they kind of did in a lot of ways, but they made too many mistakes to, and as a result, they, they only won by 10, but it would have been a lot more 
Uh, probably the most mistakes they've had in a game this year. A little better last week. Took them a little while to get going. They're a team of second-half adjustments. Coach Nabier told me Monday, look, it's fair. We, we've gotten off to slow starts. You know, we got to do better in the beginning. What do you anticipate this Saturday, and what's going to be a key for you in this ballgame? I think the, the Cajun defense has got to keep the pressure on the quarterback. South Alabama has been through a couple of quarterbacks this year. And so th- this quarterback and watching him that's coming in now is, is going to be in a situation to where his, Desmond Trotter is his name. And he's actually Isaac Newsom's grandson. Isaac Newsom used to be the GM at Ravens and stuff, a long-time Hall of Fame tied in. But but he he has a pretty good skill set, real good skill set. He tends to look at the rush, though. And he tends to be a little bit inactive. He's got some skill guys on the outside now. They're struggling up front, though. And I think people have been able to get after the quarterback a little bit. And I think if the Cajuns are able to do that, then defensively they'll be fine. And offensively, they just got to find a rhythm. I mean, if they if they can get a rhythm, and Stacks is going to challenge him. Now, Greg Stewart's defense coordinator used to be defense coordinator with the Cajun when Coach Hood first got here. He's going to challenge him a little bit. Not a little bit, a lot of it. And if the Cajuns can get in rhythm, offensively and kind of I'm anxious to see how coach coach Napier's play calling goes and stuff like that because you know coach talked about the new coordinator last week kind of having to make some adjustments and all this well Stacks has been doing Stacks and stuff for a hundred years and so you know what you're going to get out of Stacks or you it's just going to be you're going to be able to out execute because you know he's going to bring pressure you know he's going to come from different areas you know he's got a couple players especially second level players I really like his linebackers and safeties uh, but I think that right now, you know what you're going to get. You're going to have to execute it. If Cajuns can get a rhythm offensively, maintain that rhythm a little bit. And I'm saying with a rhythm, I'm talking about be able to run and throw and not be predictable and not be behind the chain. Just get in a good rhythm, play calling rhythm, and, and, and put pressure on the quarterback, then I think you're going to be fine. If you don't, if you allow the quarterback to, to keep his feet under him, he's got plenty enough skill talent to around him, to, to make you kind of look bad. And if they get a little bit of confidence, because this team's still in the conference race for, for the West Division title. And if they get a little confidence, you got your hands full now. And you just don't want that. If you can get a little rhythm early, keep pressure on the quarterback, then I think you're going to be okay. Gerald Broussard has been our guest at GBrew2 on Twitter. G is uh, taking time, a busy day. He's getting a lot of phone calls at work right now with uh, all these storms that have come through in this wild year of 2020, Gerald. But how's the insurance game treating you, man? Oh, it's good, Scott. Appreciate you letting me mention it for a minute. Uh, yeah, BG Group over here, Goosehead Insurance, 446-0441, and we are at gerald.brusard at goosehead.com. We're, we are filling a few calls. We're trying to help some people out with their, you know, maybe get a little more reasonable deductible and make sure they're covered property and properly and make sure that next year's storm season, if you get hit, that you at least get some money back, get some insurance help. So, uh that's awful nice of you to let me say that. Oh, all good, man. Always enjoy getting your perspective on, on obviously, the Cajuns and other things as well, G. Appreciate it as always, my friend. We'll be listening to you on Saturday, and I know you and I will talk again in the future. Take care, pal. Be safe. You got it. That is Gerald Broussard. Up next, we'll go from the Cajuns to the Tigers, and, uh, boy, a tale of two seasons for them comparing last to this one, uh, night and day, but we'll get with Brody Miller. Great guy. Does a great job with the athletic covering the team a film buff uh, that I like to have conversations other than sports with. But we'll try our best to stick to football and uh, get the latest with LSU, all these moving parts, COVID and everything else going on. He joins me next right here live from the Roofing Louisiana ESPN 1420 studio. I'm Scott Prather. We're right back right after this.